Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. And without any further ado, because we're going to spend the entire hour with Steve Dale, pet expert, also world traveler, and speaker in foreign (laughs) countries, to a group of veterinarians and a man who has gone to one of the most obscure islands in the world and looked at tortoises. <laughs> I am telling you. I, I, it, it may sound like I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. It's true. I mean, let's start with your trip. I mean, we've got some stuff to get to, but tell everybody where you've been, Steve. This is amazing. Hey, John. It's uh, You know, it's impossible... <laughs> To follow that opening, I mean, my goodness, I am so jealous. You have the best show of a hell of a. <laughs> Did you? Are you still there, Steve? Because something just vanished. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, my my show opening. I hope you can hear me. My show opening goes like this. Hi, everybody. <laughs> well, you know what? I got to say, it's something that started a long time ago. And a I long time ago. Having a quote-unquote show open. And there's been various, inc- you know, incarnations of it. Um, that's all I have to say right now about that. <laughs> it's just something that I've always done. I don't know why. I, it was just something that seemed to, it seemed like something I should do. You so know, I I've did. got a question for you. As, as, as you played it, this occurred to me. Mm. Is, it, is it for the audience... In a way, but in a way, John, is it also for you to get you, because that show opening is as upbeat as you can get, I mean, to get you kind of hyped up. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a, when that Chicago intro to make me smile hits, we're off to the races. You know, the dun 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 Yeah, it's to get the blood going, you know, get a little excitement happening, because I don't want to drudge around with... Well, you know, when I came on the air here at WGN the first time, I said, you know, we're not going to get into the, the stuff, the heavy-duty stuff. We're not going to touch that. And I'm still, that's still, I, that's still my prime directive, so to speak. So it's sort of a signal to uh, drop the serious and let's get silly. Not that that means well, uh, that you're silly. Don't I'm not saying that. But entertaining. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, you could say I'm silly. You know, uh, you can't hear that song and not smile. So my budget isn't the same as yours. So yeah, I can't afford it. Isn't. The, the, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> you've been down to South America and uh, halfway around the world. You've got a budget. Uh, there, there's well, no question about no, that. I, well, that's not, my, that's not the show budget. Oh, so my show, show budget, budget. So uh, isn't right. Right. So my show budget isn't quite the same. So. I can't afford the, the, the Chicago, the musicians, the, the recording we just uh, But what I can't Steve, afford is was, John Land. I, I can't do, afford John Landecker <laughs> doing what you just did. Can you do that for me? Do what I do? What? You just did the music. You did da 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 da. Do that again. <laughs> I can't do that again now. Do you mean the Chicago? <laughs> the Chicago yeah, music? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can do that. You can do that on your own. Everybody can do that on their own. Just go get yeah. Chicago Make Me Smile, the long version, and start it. And there it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nothing. But then I'd be, 
I couldn't what? do that because you're doing it, so I couldn't do that. John, it is so good to be with you. It's always good to be with you, and I'm sorry I derailed everything at the very start. I won't hey. do that again. No, no, no. That's fine. I love. Don't you know that I love chaos? That's the word. I've heard that. I've heard that around the station. No, seriously, I've heard it. Landecker, don't worry about it. Landecker loves chaos. He loves chaos. Uh, and there's a certain degree of truth to that. But now that we've, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, Already? I want you to tell everybody about your trip to Ecuador. And I then this, the second stop you made. And then there's a lot of other stuff I want to get to. So don't go away. Uh, Steve, uh, we'll be back right after this on 720 WGN. Uh, John Landegger with Steve Dale, 720 WGN. So can we finally get to yes, your trip? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So I, I am very fortunate. I'm, I'm often asked to speak at veterinary conferences, and sometimes they are in far-flung places, which excites me. Uh, and I was asked to speak at a conference in Quito, Ecuador. So I thought since I'm going to Quito, Ecuador, and I said yes, of course. But since I'm going to Quito, Ecuador, the Galapagos Islands are so close by. So I mean, if I'm in the neighborhood, how can I not go? So we went to the Galapagos Islands. First, we went to Quito. Now, the elevation in Quito—I I don't know the exact number, but it's way higher than Denver. You know, and people—it's right on the equator. You can go. I mean, we did that thing, that picture. Where my wife is in the southern hemisphere, yeah. I'm holding hands with her. I'm in the northern hemisphere, oh, and we cool. take the picture, the tourist thing, you know. Yeah, but, that's but awesome. Was, yeah, it I was, mean, come it on, was, who cares if it's a tourist thing? I'd do it in a heartbeat. Come on, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it, it was no, I, I loved it. And the, better than that, we went to uh, uh, a place that is a uh, a nature reserve for hummingbirds, oh, and oh. we saw we saw dozens and dozens and dozens of hummingbirds and because they have the feeders out to attract them which is good for them and it's good for the tourists that go and we took a little nature walk and we saw some other birds native to ecuador as well uh and one squirrel but it was it was just wonderful to be out and 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 the plants that we saw i'm no botanist by any means but the plants a lot of them are specific to not only Ecuador, but that part of Ecuador, the volcanic mountains surround Quito, uh, and some of them are still active. It's just a fascinating place to be. We learned a little about the politics. For example, Chicago yeah. isn't the only city that does stuff. So uh-huh. they, they built a beautiful subway system. Beautiful. But for months, it, it's not run one train anywhere. And I said, Why? Well, we forgot to train people as to how to run the trains, and people are angry because the subway system will be more than the buses or something like that, and they don't want to pay it. So uh, those, are the, this those are the people in Ecuador we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it could be Chicago. I mean, it could, it could have been anywhere. Um, it was just it was just a great experience. It was great to be back there, and uh, because I was there about twenty years ago. And it was uh, terrific to present at this conference. I'm always, always, always honored anytime I presented a veterinary conference anywhere. I've got several coming up soon uh, yeah. in, in in the United States. Right. But to be to be asked to do this time and again in foreign countries is just a, a great honor. I'm I'm, it I'm so is. privileged. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's a credit to to you and what they think your expertise is. I mean, to be invited to Ecuador for a conference, I mean, that's, ins- 
that's a great accolade, Steve. I mean, well, thank so you. I, I, what, what, I, I you, get... what was your what were you talking to this conference about? What was the subject? <laughs> well, one was about how the perception of cats uh-huh. is changing. Pet cats is changing around the world, and specifically in Ecuador. Uh, was one talk I talked about common behavior problems that cats have as well, and that was actually several talks that lasted several hours uh, for me to get through that. And the participation was wonderful. I mean, people had lots of questions. Uh, the problem is I don't speak Spanish. I speak great Spanglish, but my Spanish isn't so great. So there's a translator doing mm-hmm. all of this. And uh, it, it was, I, I just love doing this sort of thing. It was, it was so, so much fun. Yeah. But uh, since we were in the neighborhood, as I said, yeah. so when all that was over, we hopped on a plane, we went to Guayaquil, uh, we stayed on that airplane, and then we went directly to the Galapagos Islands. Uh, and that was, if you're interested in nature, if you're interested in uh, genetics, if you're interested in what Charles Darwin saw all those years ago and how he came up with this idea called evolution, you see it right in front of your face. And the amazing thing about the animals there both the land animals and to a great extent the sea life as well, they have no fear of, of human beings. Uh, and I, I happen to luck out. Uh, we, first of all, if you do this, friends, lots of advice I have. But advice number one, there are ships. I think the Ecuadorian government says no more than 100 people because they don't want too many people trampling all over these islands. Uh, and 100 is a lot. And that's the point. The 100 is a lot. There are lots of boats that will take smaller groups of people that cost more but to me it's worth it you're doing the right thing for the environment but moreover you get to see more without all these other people around you definitely i would recommend a smaller boat i think there were 16 on ours uh i think it goes down you know down to 14 or some such thing uh and unless you're a multi-billionaire you can rent the boat you're on your own or you know it can go up to 20 and then i don't know exactly 34 whatever those numbers are up to 100 how, um, but definitely a smaller it, boat is better how long does it take to get to ecuador and then how long does it get to take to the island i think you know i don't remember because it was a whole two weeks ago but i think we flew through houston and then had a layover there i don't know that there's a flight directly from chicago mm. to quito right uh, and it's about seven hours or so not terrible it might be nine hours somewhere in there right right believe it or not i don't pay attention to that stuff anymore and then it's an easy flight from quito to guayaquil it's a, about two hours or less and about two hours more to get to uh, the galapagos islands well i've heard you just uh reiterated what I've heard before about how impressive this island is and the uh, behavior of the animals there and the whole idea of Charles Darwin. And and it's not a joke. I mean, it is incredible. And uh, it's a credit to those people there that they keep it pristine, so to speak. Absolutely. And, and Ecuador is careful about that. And it's, you know, it's, it's like all ecotourism anywhere in the world, and we've been fortunate to be several places in the world where it's this balance. If you have too many human beings, mm-hmm. you're going to cause a problem. But you need some human beings to pay 
for the preservation right. of that place they're visiting right. uh, and the animals that live and the plants that live in that place as well. And to be clear, Ecuador's a uh, whole, our, 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 uh, whole lot of islands. What's the, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a, and they're all that <laughs> volcanic islands that were formed by volcanoes. And yeah. but that's the thing. The animals are so different. So what Darwin found are little finches. But the finches are so different on each island because they don't fly from island to island. Uh, any species that you find in the Galapagos Islands is specific, native to those islands, if not endemic to those islands and found nowhere else on the planet. For example, marine iguanas. Now, you've seen, you've gone down to Mexico, you've seen iguanas probably in Florida. They've been sadly introduced to Florida. They don't belong there. Uh, but the, the various species of land iguana, of which there are many, but none like the land iguanas that live in the Galapagos. But the marine iguanas, there's nothing like that anywhere in the world. I mean, this is a lizard about three and a half feet long that swims, can go out even up to a mile in the ocean, dive down for hours at a time to feed. They're vegetarians, so they feed on algae and seaweed growing in the ocean uh, and then they come back up and they've got all this salt mm. water built up in their systems so they go psh, 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 constantly to spit it out they're also cold-blooded like all uh, reptiles are so how do they warm up even if the water's fairly warm and it isn't always how do they warm up so what they do is they it's a, it's a bunch of them <laughs> i asked what do you call 20 iguanas sitting together and then said a lot of them <laughs> but but you've got iguanas like piled on top of one another uh we saw uh flamingos that you don't the, the, the species the galapagos wow. flamingos any Man. species you find almost it's the galapagos Man. fill in the blank like the tortoise we did meet a tortoise yeah. who is well over 100 years old right uh, yeah yeah so that tortoise is as old as some of those you've worked with in radio. And this, this, these tortoises are fascinating because, again, depending on which island they live on. So the ones that live on some islands have longer necks because man, what they man. eat is higher up. And then it's evolved that way. And then you see this. Then you go to the next island and you see a tortoise that looks exactly alike unless you look closely. Then you can see their necks aren't as long because they graze just on what's in front of them. Amazing. Stay on the line there, Steve. This is just, I was hanging on every word, I'll tell you. Uh, 720 WGN, John Landegger at 736, talking with Steve Dale this hour. So, Steve, let's get to the cats. Can we get to the yes, cats? And we can. can. Get, where cats sleep and why? Where you do know, cats it's sleep an and why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know where well, do they sleep? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. When we started... You're referring to a column that I did that you can find on my website, stevedale.tv. And yes. what, what, why, why I looked at this is because the listener asked me to do so. So uh, cats sleep about 12 hours a day. Uh, some of that sleep is very sound sleeping. Some of it is cat napping. However, older cats sleep up to maybe 18 hours a day. Uh, cats that are ill or recovering from illness will sleep very often as well. So why do cats choose to sleep where they sleep? Where they sleep? It's not random. So they're looking for a safe place. Cats always want to be safe. That may be up high. If it's a confident cat, 
that cat is going, and if the space is offered in the first place in the home up high, that cat's going to go up there. Uh, if the cat is less confident, less secure in its environment, it'll choose somewhere in a corner maybe or under a bed or maybe down in a basement where people can't easily find the cat. Uh, it's okay because the cat's finding a place perceived as safe, but ideally you want a cat that feels comfortable in his or her own environment. Cats want privacy. So just like when the kids were growing up in your house, perhaps you thought, oh my gosh, I, you know, enough is enough. And, and at some point in time, well, cats are the same. So in especially crazy homes with lots of kids running around or other pets, they might choose a place where it's mm. quiet. Yeah. Uh, they want warmth. Cats relish warmth. Their body temperature is actually required. And again, for cats recovering from illness or who may be ill, or geriatric cats especially. So for those cats, by the way, you can do your cat a great favor by purchasing a warming pad. Not a heating pad. Those can overheat. But something specifically made for cats, it's out there. Uh, and And it radiates their temperature, and cats love it. It's warm and cushy. Uh, you're, as I said, doing your cat a favor. They Cats choose sunny windows, and they'll follow the sun from one window to another. If you have radiators on top of or next to radiators or under heat vents, it's not an accident that they do this. And cats will sometimes claim a sleeping place as their own, especially in multi-cat homes where cats say, okay, at this time of day, that's where I sleep. But mm. at that time of day, that's where I sleep. You can sleep there at another time of day, and they kind of work it out for themselves. Well, a lot of those things, uh, it would be the same things that humans would be looking for when they wanted to go to sleep, a safe place, uh, some privacy, and some warmth. Now, claiming the territory, maybe not, but, <laughs> you know, those aren't, uh, those aren't unusual things for someone to want uh, when they go to sleep. I suppose not. But cats sleep in various places around the homes. So why don't they? Yeah. So why don't they just choose one place and stick to it? Well, I, that's why. And, and many cats, by the way, want to sleep with their favored, uh, associates. So that can be a human being. That can be another cat. That could be a dog. Yeah. And that may be on your face. Cats, do sleep on our faces or, or, uh, yep. 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 Or or there's, or our stomachs. Um, and presumably that's because they're getting our breath right there. They're getting the best of us right there. If they're sleeping on our face, we don't know why for sure, but that's thought to be the case. Well, that's the interesting stuff, Steve Dale. I have to say who else would come up with (laughs) what you've just heard. Who well, else you know, would what, tell you where cats sleep and why they sleep there? Steve Dale. Well, that's right. Who else? Who else would talk about this? So, so many of us <laughs> hug our dogs, uh, okay. and we think that yes. our dogs love it. And in some cases, our dogs do love it. But I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, a lot of dogs don't. Uh, and if you look. If you take a picture of a dog being hugged by a child, Mm -hmm. it may be that that dog will look relaxed and happy. But my guess is a significant percent of those dogs, you can catch it in an image, look stiff. Their eyes may be half closed. Their ears are back down. They're tolerating it. They really don't (laughs) like it. Uh, Tolerating. 
Are you talking about tolerating anybody in the family or someone who's like, a, a, you know, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, or a three-year-old? Are we still, or are they tolerating adults who want to hug them too? So that's a great question, actually. So kids hug differently yeah. than than adults, and some dogs are less tolerating of kids hugging oh, yes. because of the way oh, they yeah. do it. Oh yeah, you know, and they're yeah. maybe grabbing the ears at the same. If we never hugged our dogs or mm. waited for our dogs to solicit specifically that behavior, there would be fewer dog bites. You know, we're wait a minute. Run that people, by me again. Run that by me again. What? Did, what? How there were, there would be fewer dog bites if what? If we taught our kids specifically or ourselves uh-huh. to wait until the dog wants whatever behavior it is. So the dog actually comes to us yes. and gets into our chest and okay. says, I want to be hugged. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's different. And some dogs will do that. They want the attention. They love us and love the attention we give them. However, other dogs, many dogs, actually just tolerate it or yes. don't like it yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, I know I've and, seen and examples of both of the both of the, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and and actually the thing about kids, kids are so dog bites most often happen to children. And yeah. and one of the reasons for that is what I just said. Yeah. And they most happen to children's faces. So if you think about child going up to a mid size or larger dog, they're to hug them, for example, they're going right up to their face. So their face is in the dog's face, so the dog can easily. So for if it's a, an adult who's five feet eleven or some such thing, the dog's biting your leg. If the dog bites, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily biting your face. But the kids, it's so easy to get. They're not looking for the face, but right. that's the closest thing. And dogs will often say, "Don't do that," and we don't pick up on their cues, or we think somehow. We're dominant, and we have the right, right to do that, which is what, absurd. What, what would be a cue? What would be a, a cue from a dog that I don't want to be hugged? A dog, I can give you a whole bunch of them. A dog looking away, a dog whose tail is, is down, a dog whose ears are back, a dog who looks stiff. I have an image on my website because I wrote a story about this, and you see a little girl who I'm sure loves her dog, and the dog yeah. probably loves the little girl, and the dog's eyes are squinting. The face looks mm, like I can barely tolerate it. I mean, really, really stiff. The whole body looks stiff, and the dog is clenching its teeth saying, get this over with already. So that dog is tolerating it, yeah. but some dogs just can't take it anymore at some point, and we don't listen to what the dogs are telling us because we may not know. Well, you just did a public service there. Steve Dale's with us. We're going to take a break and do some more about dogs when we come back on 720 WGN. 748 with John Landegger at 720 WGN talking to uh, Steve Dale. And we've got to the point where, uh, you know, at the end of the year, there are so many lists that come out. Uh, last week, there was a, the word of the year was selected by uh, Merriam-Webster this week, it was the Oxford Dictionary. Then uh, Google yesterday put out the top Google searches for the past year. So these lists appear. And I see that we have a list of the most popular pet names and breeds. How, was, yes. uh, how, how, were, how were the names and breeds, how were these chosen? 
Well, it's Chapanian, which is a pet insurance company. They're a yep. big one. And what they did is they took a look, a look at all of those animals that are yeah. insured by that company yeah. and said, yeah. okay, what, what are the names of these animals and what breeds are they? So well, you know what? they came I'm, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say that my dog didn't make it. There's no cult oh. on this any of these lists. I mean, we, we, I, I, I have insurance with Dupanion. Where's my cult? I want to know. We, we need to do a do-over. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, not at all. So do you want to hear yes, what they are? Of course okay, I do. So, and this is historic. So for the first time ever on the history of the planet, the most popular cat name is the same as the most popular dog name. How can that happen? What? So, I know. So how about if I give you... You probably don't want the top 173. No, so, of course uh, not. No, no. Ten, so let me ten would this. be good. Ten would be good. Ten. Okay, okay. Uh, so for cat names, number 10 is Willow. Number nine, Lily. Number eight is Moki. Number, <laughs> I, I've never met a cat named Moki, so I, <laughs> I don't understand. Number seven is Charlie. Number six, Bella. Number five, Leo. Number four, Milo. Number three, Loki. Once oh, yeah. again, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most, you know Loki cats? I don't know any. No, but I know um, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's a, there's a Loki two, in there. Yeah. Oliver. And the most popular cat name ever in America for 2022 is Luna. Luna? Luna. Are you telling me that Luna then is the top dog name? Yeah, I guess I am. Oh, yes. no, wait a minute. Luna? I, it's not my list. You know, I I think there's been some irregular voting going on here. <laughs> yeah, some hanging paws or something. Yeah, I I don't know. I So number 10 on the dog list cool. is the dog's name that was previously number one, Max. Number nine, Teddy. Number eight, Bailey. Number seven, Cooper. Number six, Lucy. You'd expect all these. Number five, Milo. Number four, Daisy. Number three, Bella. And number two is Charlie, or for those who know the dog well, Chuck. Mm -hmm. And number one is Luna. Well, I like the name Luna. And obviously, it's not uh, animal-specific if it's at the top list of both the cat and dog names for the past year, according to Trupanion. Wouldn't it be wild if somebody brought their dog over to a house that had a cat named Luna and they were hanging out and somebody goes, hey, Luna, and both animals respond? I don't know. I, I'm just uh, spitballing here. You can obviously Well, think. actually, so, so I interviewed uh, uh, a gentleman who wrote a book and he's a... Uh, God, what's his name? I can't think of his name, but it will come to me. But his dog's name is Rosenberg. <laughs> so I asked him if this ever happened, and then he told me the story. So he's at a dog park, and he's calling his dog, Rosenberg, Rosenberg, and the dog's not listening. Finally, this old man gets into his face <laughs> and says, what the hell do you want? <laughs> it was Mr. Rosenberg. It was Mr. Well, yes, it was Mr. Rosenberg. Yeah. Seven fifty-two at seven twenty. WGN. John Landecker uh, having a good time here with uh, Steve Dale. 
I uh, got a text from uh, 630. Well, I got a couple of them. Uh, in Chicago, the top name would be Wrigley. Mm, yes. That's a yep. good uh, Yeah. Yeah. Question for Steve on the air. You mentioned the cat seeking warm. Is that the reason they like to get into such tight, enclosed areas such as curling up in boxes? Thank you, Sylvia in Batavia. Well, if the box is in a warm place, but also I said they need to feel safe. So if they feel safe curled mm. up in that box, box. Yeah. the location of the box may matter. Maybe the box is in a closet True. or somewhere that's off sort of the beaten track in the house. Then, But you know what? Mm. Uh, the, the other thing that I know is Amazon was really created for cats. How so? And Amazon knows this. Uh, you get a delivery. If you have a cat, you already know what I'm about to say. You get a delivery, you open up, and whatever's inside, who the heck cares? Your cat doesn't, but your cat cares about the box. Uh-huh. So leave out okay. the box for your cat. <laughs> and Amazon knows that. So on their website somewhere are, and I wrote about this uh, at one point, are instructions to make for kids to make box castles <sighs> for cats out of Amazon boxes. No kidding. How awesome is that? I think it's brilliant. Totally. I mean, what awareness on their part that their boxes were being used for recreational <laughs> recreational purposes <laughs> after delivery by cats. You know? I mean, yes. that's very cool. Somebody was yeah. on top of that. Wow. So next, You're right. uh, I have, You're right. I have the, the dog breeds and the cat breeds, if you want to hear them. Yeah, we got like about two minutes. Rip them off. Okay, so I'll, just, I'll do the top five for cats. Okay. Uh, five is Siamese, four is Bengal, three Maine Coon, two is the Ragdoll Cat, and number one, beautiful American Shorthair Cats. Yes. Uh, for dogs, oh, number I know five. Go- I know where we're going. Go ahead. What? I know what's going to be number five. Uh, you, okay. Number, mm-hmm. you probably saw the story. Number five is uh, Labradoodles, and they're not even really a breed. It's a mixed breed between yeah. Poodles and Labradors, but they call yeah. them a breed, so whatever. Number four, French Bulldogs. Number three, Golden Retrievers. Uh-huh. Same thing at number two, Golden uh-huh. Doodles. There is uh-huh. no breed yet. Right. Called uh-huh. it Golden Doodle per se. They're and? Golden Retrievers and Poodles. And uh-huh. number one, happens to be the most popular dog in America as well, the Labrador Retriever. And that's perennially the most popular yep. dog, isn't it? Yeah, for like 26 yeah. or 7 years. Yeah. Well, they're they're great dogs. There's no question about yes. it. I mean, yeah. I've I haven't had one as a pet, but I have many friends who've had them and the dogs are friendly and um relaxed and they're a good time. Like you are, Steve. Thanks for being <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> That's the best transition I've ever heard. Steve Dale, everyone. Check out what's the website, where the, uh, the, the blog and all of that. SteveDale.tv. All right. Thanks, Steve. And without any further ado, because we're going to spend the entire hour with Steve Dale, pet expert, also world traveler and speaker in foreign <laughs> countries, to a group of veterinarians and a man who has gone to one of the most obscure islands in the world and looked at tortoises. <laughs> I am telling you. I, I, it, it may sound like I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. It's true. I mean, let's start with your trip. I mean, we've got some stuff to get to, but tell everybody where you've been, Steve. This is amazing. Hey, 
way, John. It's you know, it's impossible to follow that opening. I mean, my goodness, I am so jealous. You have the best show of a hell of a. <laughs> Did you? Are you still there, Steve? Because something just vanished. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, my my show opening. I hope you can hear me. My show opening goes like this. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Well, you know what? I got to say, it's something that started a long time ago. And a I long time ago. Having a quote-unquote show open. And there's been various, in, you know, incarnations of it. Um, that's all I have to say right now about that. But it's just something that I've always <laughs> done. I don't know why. I, it was just something that seemed to, it seemed like something I should do. You so know, I I've do. got a question for you. As 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 you played it, this occurred to me. Mm. Is it is it for the audience in a way, but in a way, John, is it also for you to get you because that show opening is as upbeat as you can get. I mean, to get you kind of hyped up. Oh, absolutely. Um it's it's a uh, when that Chicago intro to make me smile hits, we're off to the races. You know, that yeah, it's to get the blood going, you know, get a little excitement happening because I don't want to drudge around with, well, you know, when I came on the air at WG on the first time, I said, you know, we're not going to get into the, the stuff, the heavy duty stuff. We're not going to touch that. And I'm still, that's still, that's still my prime directive, so to speak. So it's sort of a signal to uh, drop the serious and let's get silly. Not that that means well, uh, that you're silly. Don't I'm not saying that, but entertaining. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, you could say I'm silly. You know, uh, you can't hear that song and not smile. So my budget isn't the same as yours. So yeah, I can't the afford. It isn't. The, the, Wait a minute. No. <laughs> You've been down to South America and uh, halfway around the world. You've got a budget. Uh, there, there's well, no question about no, that. I, well, that's not Come my. On. That's not the show budget. Oh, so my show budget, budget. so uh-huh. isn't right, right. So my show budget isn't quite the same. So I can't afford the the, the Chicago, the musicians, the the recording we just. Uh, uh, but what I can Steve, afford is was, John Land. I can't I afford John Landecker doing what you just did. Can you do that for me? Do what I do? What you just did the music? You did da 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 da. Do that again. I can't do that again now. Do you mean the Chicago, <laughs> mu- the Chicago yeah, music? Yeah, yeah. Y- you can do that. You can do that on your own. Everybody can do that on their own. Just go get yeah. Chicago Make Me Smile, the long version, and start it. And there it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nothing. But then I'd be, I couldn't what? do that because you're doing it. So I couldn't do that. John, it is so good <laughs> to be with you. It's always good to be with you. And I'm sorry I derailed everything at the very start. I won't hey. do that again. No, no, no. That's fine. I love. Don't you know that I love chaos? That's the word. I've heard that. I've heard that around the station. No, seriously, I've heard it. Landecker, don't worry about it. Landecker loves chaos. He loves chaos. Uh, and there's a certain degree of truth to that. But now that we've, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, Ready? I want you to tell everybody about your trip to Ecuador, and I then this, the second stop you made. And then there's a lot of other stuff I want to get to. So don't go away, uh, Steve. Uh, we'll be back right after this on 720 WGN. Uh, John Landegger with Steve Dale, 720 WGN. So can we finally get to yes, your trip? Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. So 
I, I am very fortunate. I'm, I'm often asked to speak at veterinary conferences, and sometimes they are in far-flung p- places, which excites me. Uh, and I was asked to speak at a conference in Quito, Ecuador. So I thought, since I'm going to Quito, Ecuador, and I said yes, of course, but since I'm going to Quito, Ecuador, the Galapagos Islands are so close by. So, I mean, if I'm in the neighborhood, how can I not go? So we went to the Galapagos Islands. First, we went to Quito. Now, the elevation in Quito, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's way higher than Denver. You know, and people, and it's right on the equator. You can go. I mean, we did that thing, that picture where my wife is in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. I'm holding hands with her. I'm in the northern hemisphere. Oh, and cool. we take the picture, the tourist thing, you know. Yeah, but, that's but awesome. It was, yeah. It I was, mean, come it was, on. Who cares if it's a tourist thing? I'd do it in a heartbeat. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was no. I, I loved it. And the, better than that, we went to uh, a place that is a uh, a nature reserve for hummingbirds, oh, and oh. we saw we saw dozens and dozens and dozens of hummingbirds. And because they have the feeders out to attract them, which is good for them, and it's good for the tourists that go. And we took a little nature walk, and we saw some other birds native to Ecuador as well. Uh, and one squirrel, but it was it was just wonderful to be out and 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 the plants that we saw. I'm no botanist by any means, right. but the plants, a lot of them, are specific to not only Ecuador but that part of Ecuador. The volcanic mountains surround Quito, uh, and some of them are still active. It's just a fascinating place to be. We learned a little about the politics. For example, Chicago yeah. isn't the only city that does stuff. So uh-huh. they, they built a beautiful subway system. Beautiful. But for months, it, it's not run one train anywhere. And I said, why? Well, we forgot to train people as to how to run the trains. And people are angry because the subway system will be more than the buses or something like that. And they don't want to pay it. So uh, those, are the, beautiful- those are the people in Ecuador we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it could be Chicago. I mean, it could it could have been anywhere. Um, it was just it was just a great experience. It was great to be back there, and uh, because I was there about twenty years ago, and it was uh, terrific to present at this conference. I'm always, always, always honored anytime I presented a veterinary conference anywhere. I've got several coming up soon uh, yeah. in, in in the United States right but to be to be asked to do this time and again in foreign countries is just a, a great honor I'm, I'm, it certainly I'm so is. privileged I yeah. mean yeah. it's a credit to to you and what they think your expertise is I mean to be invited to Ecuador for a conference I mean that's in, that's a great accolade Steve I mean well thank so you I, I what, what I, I you, get what was your what were you talking to this conference about? What was the subject? <laughs> well, one was about how the perception of cats uh-huh. is changing pet cats is changing around the world and specifically in Ecuador uh, was one talk. I talked about common behavior problems that cats have as well, and that was actually several talks that lasted several hours. Uh, for me to get through that. And the participation was wonderful. I mean, people have lots of questions. Uh, the problem is I don't speak Spanish. I speak great Spanglish, but my Spanish isn't so great. So there's a translator doing uh-huh. all of this. 
and uh, it, it was I, I just love doing this sort of thing. It was it was so, so much fun. Yeah. But since we were in the neighborhood, as I said, yeah. so when all that was over, we hopped on a plane. We went to Guayaquil. Uh, we stayed on that airplane and then we went directly to the Galapagos Islands. Uh, and that was if you're interested in nature, if you're interested in uh, genetics, if you're interested in. What Charles Darwin saw all those years ago and how he came up with this idea called evolution, you see it right in front of your face. And the amazing thing about the animals there, both the land animals and to a great extent the sea life as well, they have no fear of, of human beings. Uh, and I, I happen to luck out. Uh, we, first of all, if you do this, friends, lots of advice I have. But advice number one, there are ships. I think the Ecuadorian government says no more than 100 people because they don't want too many people trampling all over these islands. Uh, and 100 is a lot. And that's the point. The 100 is a lot. There are lots of boats that will take smaller groups of people. that uh, cost more. But to me, it's worth it. You're doing the right thing for the environment. But moreover, you get to see more without all these other people around you. Definitely, I would recommend a smaller boat i think there were 16 on ours uh i think it goes down you know down the 14 or some such thing uh and it, unless you're a multi-billionaire you can rent the boat you're on your own or you know it can go up to 20 and then i don't know exactly 34 whatever those numbers are up to 100 uh, how, but definitely a smaller it, boat is better how long does it take to get to ecuador and then how long does it get to take to the island i think you know, I don't remember because it was a whole two weeks ago, but I think we flew through Houston and then had a layover there. I don't know that there's a flight directly from Chicago mm. to Quito. Right. Uh, and it's about seven hours or so. Not terrible. It might be nine hours somewhere in there. Right, right. Believe it or not, I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. And then it's an easy flight from Quito to Guayaquil. It's a, about two hours or less and about two hours more to get to uh, the Galapagos Islands. Well, I've heard, you just uh, reiterated what I've heard before about how impressive this island is and the uh, behavior of the animals there and the whole idea of Charles Darwin. And, and it's not a joke. I mean, it is incredible. And uh, it's a credit to those people there that they keep it pristine, so to speak. Absolutely. And, and Ecuador is careful about that. And it's, you know, it's, it's like all ecotourism anywhere in the world. And we've been fortunate to be several places in the world where it's this balance. If you have too many human beings, mm -hmm. they're going to cause a problem. But you need some human beings to pay for the preservation right. of that place they're visiting right. uh, and the animals that live and the plants that live in that place as well. And to be clear, Ecuador's uh, whole Arpagel, Ar, Ar, uh, whole Arpagel. lot of islands. What's the, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a, and they're all that <laughs> volcanic islands that were formed by volcanoes, and yeah. but that's the thing. The animals are so different. So what Darwin found are little finches, but the finches are so different on each island because they don't fly, fly from island to island. Uh, any species that you find in the Galapagos Islands is specific, native to those islands, if not endemic to those islands and found nowhere else on the planet. For example, marine iguanas. Now, you've seen, you've gone down to Mexico, 
You've seen iguanas probably in Florida. They've been sadly introduced to Florida. They don't belong there. Uh, but the, the various species of land iguana, of which there are many, but none like the land iguanas that live in the Galapagos. But the marine iguanas, there's nothing like that anywhere in the world. I mean, this is a lizard about three and a half feet long that swims, can go out even up to a mile in the ocean, dive down for hours at a time to feed. They're vegetarians, so they feed on algae and seaweed growing in the ocean. Uh, And then they come back up, and they've got all this salt water Mm. built up in their system, so they go constantly to spit it out. They're also cold-blooded, like all uh, reptiles are, so how do they warm up? Even if the water's fairly warm, and it isn't always, how do they warm up? So what they do is they, it's a, it's a bunch of them. I asked, what do you call 20 iguanas sitting together? And they said, a lot of them. <laughs> but, but you've got iguanas like piled on top of one another. Uh, we saw uh, flamingos. That you don't, the, the, the species, the Galapagos wow. flamingos, any Man. species you find almost, it's the Man. Galapagos, fill in the blank, like the tortoise. We did meet a tortoise yeah. who is well over 100 years old. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. So that tortoise is as old as some of those you've worked with in radio. And this, this <laughs> these tortoises are fascinating because, again, depending on which island they live on, oh. so the ones that live on some islands have longer necks because Man, what they oh, eat is higher up. And then it's evolved that way. And then you see this. Then you go to the next island, and you see a tortoise that looks exactly alike, unless you look closely. Then you can see their necks aren't as long because they graze just on what's in front of them. Amazing. Stay on the line there, Steve. This is just – I was hanging on every word, I'll tell you. Uh, 720 WGN, John Landegger at 736, talking with Steve Dale this hour. So, Steve, let's get to the cats. Can we get to the yes. cats? And we, we can. can. Where cats sleep and why? Where you know, cats it's sleep an interest- and why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know where well, do they an- sleep. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. When we started, you're referring to a column that I did that you can find on my website, stevedale.tv. And yes. what, what, why, why I looked at this is because the listener asked me to do so. So uh, cats sleep about 12 hours a day. Uh, some of that sleep is very sound sleeping. Some of it is cat napping. However, older cats sleep up to maybe 18 hours a day. Uh, cats that are ill or recovering from illness will sleep very often as well. So why do cats choose to sleep where they sleep? Where they sleep? It's not random. So they're looking for a safe place. Cats always want to be safe. That may be up high if it's a confident cat. That cat is going, and if the space is offered in the first place in the home up high, that cat's going to go up there. Uh, if the cat is less confident, less secure in its environment, it'll choose somewhere in a corner maybe or under a bed or maybe down in a basement where people can't easily find the cat. Uh, it's okay because the cat's finding a place perceived as safe, but ideally you want a cat that feels comfortable in his or her own environment. Cats want privacy. So just like when the kids were growing up in your house, perhaps you thought, oh, my gosh, I, you know, enough is enough. And, and at some point in time, well, cats are the same. So in especially crazy homes with lots of kids running around or other pets, they might choose a place where it's mm. quiet. Yeah. Uh, they want warmth. Cats 
relish warmth. Their body temperature is actually required. And again, for cats recovering from illness or who may be ill, or geriatric cats especially. So for those cats, by the way, you can do your cat a great favor by purchasing a warming pad. Not a heating pad. Those can overheat. But something specifically made for cats, it's out there. Uh, and it's and it radiates their temperature, and cats love it. It's warm and cushy. Uh, you're, as I said, doing your cat a favor. They Cats choose sunny windows, and they'll follow the sun from one window to another. If you have radiators on top of or next to radiators or under heat vents, it's not an accident that they do this. And cats will sometimes claim a sleeping place as their own, especially in multi-cat homes where cats say, okay, at this time of day, that's where I sleep. But mm. at that time of day, that's where I sleep. You can sleep there at another time of day, and they kind of work it out for themselves. Well, a lot of those things, uh, it would be the same things that humans would be looking for when they wanted to go to sleep, a safe place, uh, some privacy, and some warmth. Now, claiming the territory, maybe not, but... <laughs> You know, those aren't, uh, those aren't unusual things for someone to want uh, when they go to sleep. I suppose not. But cats sleep in various places around the homes. Well, so why don't yeah. they? Yeah. So why don't they just choose one place and stick to it? Well, I, that's why. And, and many cats, by the way, want to sleep with their favored uh, associates. What? So that can be a human being. That can be another cat. That could be a dog. Yeah. And that may be on your face. Cats do sleep on our faces. Yes, or, I've or, seen that. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or our stomachs. Um, and presumably that's because they're getting our breath right there. They're getting the best of us right there if they're sleeping on our face. We don't know why for sure, but that's thought to be the case. Well, that's interesting stuff, Steve Dale, I have to say. Who else would come up with. <laughs> What you've just heard. Who well, else you know, would tell you where cats sleep and why they sleep there? Steve Dale? Well, that's right. Who else, who else would talk about this? So, so many of us <laughs> hug our dogs. Uh, okay. And we think that yes. our dogs love it. And in some cases, our dogs do love it. But I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, a lot of dogs don't. Uh, and if you look if you take a picture of a dog being hugged by a child, mm -hmm. it may be that that dog will look relaxed and happy. But my guess is a significant percent of those dogs, you can catch it in an image, look stiff. Their eyes may be half closed. Their ears are back down. They're tolerating it. They really don't <laughs> like it. Uh, it's true. Are you talking about tolerating anybody in the family or someone who's like... A, you know, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, or a three-year-old. Are we still, or are they uh, tolerating adults who want to hug them, too? So that's a great question, actually. So kids hug differently yeah. than, than adults. And some dogs are less tolerating of kids hugging oh, yes. because of the way oh, they yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're yeah. they maybe grabbing the ears at the same time. If we never hugged our dogs or mm. waited for our dogs to solicit Specifically, that behavior, there would be fewer dog bites. You know, we're. Wait a minute. We're Run people. that by me again. Yeah. Run that by me again. What? Did, what? How? There, were, there would be fewer dog bites if what? If we taught our kids specifically or ourselves uh -huh. to wait until the dog 
wants whatever behavior it is. So the dog actually comes to us and gets into our chest and says, I want to be hugged. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's different. Some dogs will do that. They want the attention. They love us and love the attention we give them. However, other dogs, many dogs, actually just tolerate it or don't like it whatsoever. Yeah, I know I've and, seen and examples of both of the both of the, what you're talking either, about. Yeah. yeah, and and actually the thing about kids, kids are so dog bites most often happen to children. And yeah. and one of the reasons for that is what I just said, yeah. and they most happen to children's faces. So if you think about a child going up to a mid-sized or larger dog, they're to hug them, for example, they're going right up to their face. So their face is in the dog's face, so the dog can easily. So for if it's a, an adult who's five feet eleven or some such thing, the dog's biting your leg. If the dog bites, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily biting your face. But the kids, it's so easy to get. They're not looking for the face, but right. that's the closest thing. And dogs will often say, "Don't do that," and we don't pick up on their cues, or we think somehow. We're dominant, and we have the right, right to do that, which is what, absurd. What, what would be a cue? What would be a, a cue from a dog that I don't want to be hugged? A dog, I can give you a whole bunch of them. A dog looking away, a dog whose tail is is down, a dog whose ears are back, a dog who looks stiff. I have an image on my website because I wrote a story about this, and you see a little girl who I'm sure loves her dog, and the dog yeah. probably loves the little girl, and the dog's eyes are squinting. The face looks like I can barely tolerate it. I mean, really, really stiff. The whole body looks stiff, and the dog is clenching its teeth saying, get this over with already. So that dog is tolerating it, but some dogs just can't take it anymore at some point, and we don't listen to what the dogs are telling us because we may not know. Well, you just did a public service there. Steve Dale's with us. We're going to take a break and do some more about dogs when we come back on 720 WGN. 748 with John Landegger at 720 WGN talking to uh, Steve Dale. And we've got to the point where, uh, you know, at the end of the year, there are so many lists that come out. Uh, last week, there was a, the word of the year was selected by uh, Merriam-Webster this week, it was the Oxford Dictionary. Then uh, Google yesterday put out the top Google searches for the past year. So these lists appear. And I see that we have a list of the most popular pet names and breeds. How, was, yes. uh, how, how, were, how were the names and breeds, how were these chosen? Well, it's Trepanion, which is a pet insurance company. They're a yep. big one. And what they did is they took a look. A look at all of those animals that are yeah. insured by that company yeah. and said, yeah. okay, what, what are the names of these animals and what breeds are they? So well, you know they what? came I, up. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just going to say that my dog didn't make it. There's no cult oh. on this, any of these lists. I mean, we, we, I, I, I have insurance with Trepanion. Where's my cult? I want to know. We, we need to do a do-over. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, not at all. So do you want to hear Yes, they are? Of course okay, I do. So, and this is historic. So for the first time ever on the history of the planet, the most popular cat name is the same as the most popular dog name. How can that happen? What? So, I know. So how about if I give you, 
you probably don't want the top 173. No, so, of course uh, not. No, no. 10, so let me 10 would this. be good. 10 would be good. 10, okay, okay. Uh, so for cat names, number 10 is Willow. Number 9, Lily. Number 8 is Moki. Number, I, I've never met a cat named Moki, so I don't understand. Number seven is Charlie. Number six, Bella. Number five, Leo. Number four, Milo. Number three, Loki. Once oh, again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the most, you know Loki cats? I don't know any. No, but I know um, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's a, there's a Loki two, in there. Yeah. Oliver, and the most popular cat name ever in America for 2022 is Luna. Luna? Luna. Are you telling me that Luna, then, is the top dog name? Yeah, I guess I am. Oh, no, wait a minute. Luna? It's not my list. You know, I I think there's been some irregular voting going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some hanging paws or something. Yeah, I I don't know. I so number ten on the dog list cool. is the dog's name that was previously number one, Max. Number nine, Teddy. Number eight, Bailey. Number seven, Cooper. Number six, Lucy. You'd expect all these. Number five, Milo. Number four, Daisy. Number three, Bella. And number two is Charlie. Or for those who know the dog well, Chuck. Mm-hmm. And number one is Luna. Well, I like the name Luna. And obviously, it's not uh, animal-specific if it's at the top list of both the cat and dog names for the past year, according to Trupanion. Wouldn't it be wild if somebody brought their dog over to a house that had a cat named Luna, and they were hanging out, and somebody goes, Hey, Luna! And both animals respond? I don't know. I'm just... uh, Spitballing here, you can obviously. Well, actually, so so I interviewed uh, uh, a gentleman who wrote a book, and he's a uh, God. What's his name? I can't think of his name, but it'll come to me. But his dog's name is Rosenberg. <laughs> so I asked him if this ever happened, and then he told me the story. So he's at a dog park, and he's calling his dog Rosenberg, Rosenberg, and the dog's not listening. Finally, this old man gets into his face <laughs> and says, what the hell do you want? <laughs> it was Mr. Rosenberg. It was Mr. Well, yes, it was Mr. Rosenberg. Yeah. 752 yeah. at 720 WGN. John Landecker having a good time here with uh, Steve Dale. I uh, got a text from uh, 630. I got a couple of them. Uh, in Chicago, the top name would be Wrigley. <laughs> mm, yes. That's a yep. good, uh, yeah, yeah. Question for Steve on the air. You mentioned the cat seeking warm. Is that the reason they like to get into such tight enclosed areas such as curling up in boxes? Thank you, Sylvia in Batavia. Well, if the box is in a warm place, but also I said they need to feel safe. So if they feel safe curled mm. up in that box, box. Yeah. the location of the box may matter. Maybe the box is in a closet or somewhere that's off sort of the beaten track in the house then but you know what Mm. Uh, the the other thing that i know is amazon was really created for cats how so and amazon knows this Uh, 
you get a delivery. If you have a cat, you already know what I'm about to say. You get a delivery, you open up, and whatever's inside, who the heck cares? Your cat doesn't, but your cat cares about the box. So leave out the box for your cat. (laughs) And Amazon knows that. So on their website somewhere are, and I wrote about this uh, at one point, are instructions to make for kids to make box castles for cats out of Amazon boxes. No kidding. How awesome is that? I think it's brilliant. Totally. I mean, what awareness on their part that their boxes were being used for recreational <laughs> recreational purposes <laughs> after delivery by cats. You know, I mean, yes. that's very cool. Somebody was yeah. on top of that. Wow. So next, right. uh, I have right. I have the the dog breeds and the cat breeds. If you want to hear them, yeah, we got like about two minutes. Rip them off. Okay, so I'll, just, I'll do the top five for cats. Okay. Uh, five is Siamese, four is Bengal, three Maine Coon, two is the Ragdoll Cat, and number one, beautiful American Shorthair Cats. Yes. Uh, for dogs, oh, number I know what's five. Go- I know where we're going. Go ahead. What? I know what's going to be number five. Uh, you, okay. Number, mm-hmm. you probably saw the story. Number five is uh, Labradoodles, and they're not even really a breed. It's a mixed breed between... Yeah. Poodles and Labradors, but they call yeah. them a breed, so whatever. Number yeah. four, French Bulldogs. Number three, Golden Retrievers. Uh-huh. Same thing at number two, Golden uh-huh. Doodles. There is uh-huh. no breed yet right. called uh-huh. a Golden Doodle per se. They're uh-huh. Golden Retrievers and Poodles. And uh-huh. number one, happens to be the most popular dog in America as well, the Labrador Retriever. And that's perennially the most popular yep. dog, isn't it? Yeah, that? for like 26 yeah. or 7 years. Yeah. Well, they're they're great dogs. There's no question about yes. it. I mean, yeah. I've I haven't had one as a pet, but I have many friends who've had them and the dogs are friendly and um relaxed and they're a good time. Like you are, Steve. Thanks for being <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> That's the best transition I've ever heard. Steve Dale, everyone. Check out what's the website, where the, uh, the, the blog and all of that. SteveDale.tv. All right. Thanks, Steve. Uh, John Landegger with Steve Dale, 720 WGN. So can we finally get to yes, your trip? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So I, I am very fortunate. I'm, I'm often asked to speak at veterinary conferences and sometimes. They are in far-flung places, which excites me. Uh, And I was asked to speak at a conference in Quito, Ecuador. So I thought, since I'm going to Quito, Ecuador, and I said yes, of course, but since I'm going to Quito, Ecuador, the Galapagos Islands are so close by. So, I mean, if I'm in the neighborhood, how can I not go? So we went to the Galapagos Islands. First, we went to Quito. Now, the elevation in Quito, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's way higher than Denver. You know, and people, and it's right on the equator. You can go, I mean, we did that thing, that picture where my wife is in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. I'm holding hands with her. I'm in the northern hemisphere. Oh, and cool. we take the picture, the tourist thing, you know. Yeah, but, that's but awesome. It was, yeah. It I was, mean, come was, on. Who cares if it's a tourist thing? I'd do it in a heartbeat. Come on. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, it was, no, I, I loved it. And the, better than that, we went to uh, uh, a place that is a uh, a nature reserve for hummingbirds. Oh, and oh. we saw we saw dozens and dozens and dozens of hummingbirds. And because they have the feeders out to attract them, which is good for them, and it's good for the tourists that go. And we took a little nature walk, and we saw some other birds native to Ecuador as well. 
uh, and one squirrel. But it was it was just wonderful to be out and 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 the plants that we saw. I'm no botanist by any means, right. but the plants, a lot of them are specific to not only Ecuador but that part of Ecuador, the volcanic mountains surround Quito. Uh, and some of them are still active. It's just a fascinating place to be. We learned a little about the politics. For example, Chicago yeah. isn't the only city that does stuff. So uh-huh. they, they built a beautiful subway system. Beautiful. But for months, it, it's not run one train anywhere. And I said, why? Well, we forgot to train people as to how to run the trains. And people are angry because the subway system will be more than the buses or something like that, and they don't want to pay it. So uh, those, are the, this those are the people in Ecuador we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it could be Chicago. I mean, it could, it could have been anywhere. Um, it was just it was just a great experience. It was great to be back there, and uh, because I was there about 20 years ago. And it was uh, terrific to present at this conference. I'm always, always, always honored any time. I presented a veterinary conference anywhere. I've got several coming up soon uh, yeah. in, in in the United States. Right. But to be to be asked to do this time and again in foreign countries is just a, a great honor. I'm I'm, it I'm so is. privileged. I yeah. mean, yeah. it's a credit to to you and what they think your expertise is. I mean, to be invited to Ecuador for a conference. I mean, that's ins- that's a great accolade, Steve. I mean, well, thank so you. I, I, what, what, I, I you, get... what was your what were you talking to this conference about? What was the subject? <laughs> well, one was about how the perception of cats uh-huh. is changing. Pet cats is changing around the world, and specifically in Ecuador uh, was one talk. I talked about common behavior problems that cats have as well, and that was actually. Several talks that lasted several hours uh, for me to get through that, and the participation was wonderful. I mean, people had lots of questions. Uh, the problem is, I don't speak Spanish. I speak great Spanglish, but my Spanish isn't so great. So there's a translator doing uh-huh. all of this, and uh, it, it was. I I just love doing this sort of thing. It was it was so, so much fun. Yeah, but uh, since we were in the neighborhood, as I said, yeah. so when all that was over, we hopped on a plane. We went to Guayaquil. Uh, we stayed on that airplane, and then we went directly to the Galapagos Islands. Uh, and that was, if you're interested in nature, if you're interested in uh, genetics, if you're interested in what Charles Darwin saw all those years ago and how he came up with this idea called evolution, you see it right in front of your face. And the amazing thing about the animals there both the land animals and to a great extent the sea life as well, they have no fear of, of human beings. Uh, and I, I happen to luck out. Uh, we, first of all, if you do this, friends, lots of advice I have. But advice number one, there are ships. I think the Ecuadorian government says no more than 100 people because they don't want too many people trampling all over these islands. Uh, and 100 is a lot. And that's the point. The 100 is a lot. There are lots of boats that will take smaller groups of people uh, cost more but to me it's worth it you're doing the right thing for the environment but moreover you get to see more without all these other people around you definitely i would recommend a smaller boat i think there were 16 on ours uh i think it goes down you know down the 14 or some such thing 
uh, and it, unless you're a multi-billionaire, you can rent the boat you're on your own. Or, you know, it can go up to 20, and then I don't know exactly, 34, whatever those numbers are, up to 100. Um, how, but definitely a smaller it, boat is better. How long does it take to get to Ecuador, and then how long does it get to take to the island? I think, you know, I don't remember because it was a whole two weeks ago, but I think we flew through Houston and then had a layover there. I don't know that there's a flight directly from Chicago mm. to Quito. Right. Uh, and it's about seven hours or so, not terrible. It might be nine hours, somewhere in there. Right, right. Believe it or not, I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. And then it's an easy flight from Quito to Guayaquil. It's a, about two hours or less and about two hours more to get to uh, the Galapagos Islands. Well, I've heard, you just uh, reiterated what I've heard before about how impressive this island is and the uh, behavior of the animals there and the whole idea of Charles Darwin, and and it's not a joke. I mean, it is incredible, and uh, it's a credit to those people there that they keep it pristine, so to speak. Absolutely. And and Ecuador is careful about that. And it's, you know, it's it's like all ecotourism anywhere in the world. And we've been fortunate to be several places in the world where it's this balance. If you have too many human beings, mm-hmm. you're going to cause a problem. But you need some human beings to pay for the preservation right. of that place they're visiting right. uh, and the animals that live and the plants that live in that place as well. And to be clear, Ecuador is a whole, arpagel, ar, ar, uh, whole lot of islands. What's the yeah. that's the one. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a, and they're all that <laughs> volcanic islands that were formed by volcanoes, and yeah. but that's the thing. The animals are so different. So what Darwin found are little finches, but the finches are so different on each island because they don't fly, fly from island to island. Uh, any species that you find in the Galapagos Islands is specific, native to those islands, if not endemic to those islands and found nowhere else on the planet. For example, marine iguanas. Now, you've seen, you've gone down to Mexico, you've seen iguanas probably in Florida. They've been sadly introduced to Florida. They don't belong there. Uh, But the the various species of land iguana, of which there are many, but none like the land iguanas that live in the Galapagos. But the marine iguanas, there's nothing like that anywhere in the world. I mean, this is a lizard about three and a half feet long, that swims, can go out even up to a mile in the ocean, dive down for hours at a time to feed. They're vegetarians, so they feed on algae and seaweed growing in the ocean. Uh, And then they come back up, and they've got all this salt water Mm. built up in their system, so they go constantly to spit it out. They're also cold-blooded, like all uh, reptiles are, so how do they warm up? Even if the water's fairly warm, and it isn't always, how do they warm up? So what they do is they, it's a, it's a bunch of them. I asked, what do you call 20 iguanas sitting together? And then said, a lot of them. <laughs> but, but you've got iguanas like piled on top of one another. Uh, we saw uh, flamingos. That you don't, the, the species, the Galapagos wow. flamingos, any Man. species you find almost, it's the Man. Galapagos, fill in the blank, like the tortoise. We did meet a tortoise yeah. who is well over 100 years old. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
so that tortoise is as old as some of those you've worked with in radio. And this, this, these tortoises are fascinating because, again, depending on which island they live on. So the ones that live on some islands have longer necks because what they eat is higher up. And then it's evolved that way. And then you see this. Then you go to the next island, and you see a tortoise that looks exactly alike, unless you look closely. Then you can see their necks aren't as long because they graze just on what's in front of them. Amazing. Stay on the line there, Steve. This is just – I was hanging on every word, I'll tell you. Uh, 720 WGN, John Landegger at 736, talking with Steve Dale this hour. So, Steve, let's get to the cats. Can we get to the yes, cats? And we, we can. Where cats sleep and why? Where you know, cats it's sleep an and why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know where well, do they an, sleep. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. When we started, you're referring to a column that I did that you can find on my website, stevedale.tv. And yes. what, what, why, why I looked at this is because the listener asked me to do so. So uh, cats sleep about 12 hours a day. Uh, some of that sleep is very sound sleeping. Some of it is cat napping. However, older cats sleep up to maybe 18 hours a day. Uh, cats that are ill or recovering from illness will sleep very often as well. So why do cats choose to sleep where they sleep? Where they sleep? It's not random. So they're looking for a safe place. Cats always want to be safe. That may be up high if it's a confident cat. That cat is going, and if the space is offered in the first place in the home up high, that cat's going to go up there. Uh, if the cat is less confident, less secure in its environment, it'll choose somewhere in a corner maybe or under a bed or maybe down in a basement where people can't easily find the cat. Uh, it's okay because the cat's finding a place perceived as safe, but ideally you want a cat that feels comfortable in his or her own environment. Cats want privacy. So just like when the kids were growing up in your house, perhaps you thought, oh, my gosh, I, you know, enough is enough. And, and at some point in time, well, cats are the same. So in especially crazy homes with lots of kids running around or other pets, they might choose a place where it's mm. quiet. Yeah. Uh, they want warmth. Cats relish warmth. Their body temperature is actually required. And again, for cats recovering from illness or who may be ill, or geriatric cats especially. So for those cats, by the way, you can do your cat a great favor by purchasing a warming pad. Not a heating pad. Those can overheat. But something specifically made for cats, it's out there. Uh, and And it radiates their temperature, and cats love it. It's warm and cushy. Uh, you're, as I said, doing your cat a favor. They Cats choose sunny windows, and they'll follow the sun from one window to another. If you have radiators on top of or next to radiators or under heat vents, it's not an accident that they do this. And cats will sometimes claim a sleeping place as their own, especially in multi-cat homes where cats say, okay, at this time of day, that's where I sleep. But mm. at that time of day, that's where I sleep. You can sleep there at another time of day, and they kind of work it out for themselves. Well, a lot of those things, uh, it would be the same things that humans would be looking for when they wanted to go to sleep, a safe place, uh, some privacy, and some warmth. Now, claiming the territory, maybe not, but, <laughs> you know, those aren't, <laughs> uh, those aren't unusual things for someone to want uh, when they go to sleep. I suppose not. But cats sleep in various places around the homes. Well, so why don't yeah. they? Yeah. So why don't they just choose one place and stick to it? 
Well, I, that's why. And, and many cats, by the way, want to sleep with their favored uh, associates. So that can be a human being. That can be another cat. That could be a dog. Yeah. And that may be on your face. Cats do sleep on our faces. Yes, or, I've or, seen that. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or our stomachs. Uh, and presumably that's because they're getting our breath right there. They're getting the best of us right there if they're sleeping on our face. We don't know why for sure, but that's thought to be the case. Well, that's interesting stuff, Steve Dale, I have to say. Who else would come up with <laughs> what you've just heard? Who well, else you know, would what, tell you where cats sleep and why they sleep there? Steve Dale? Well, that's right. Who else Who else would talk about this? So, so many of us <laughs> hug our dogs. Uh, okay. And we think that yes. our dogs love it. And in some cases, our dogs do love it. But I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, a lot of dogs don't. Uh, and if you look, if you take a picture of a dog being hugged by a child, mm-hmm. it may be that that dog will look relaxed and happy. But my guess is a significant percent of those dogs, you can catch it in an image, look stiff. Their eyes may be half closed. Their ears are back down. They're tolerating it. They really don't like it. <laughs> uh, tolerating, true. Are you talking about tolerating anybody in the family or someone who's like, a, a, you know, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, or a three-year-old? Are we still, or are they uh, tolerating adults who want to hug them too? So that's a great question, actually. So kids hug differently yeah. than than adults. And some dogs are less tolerating of kids hugging oh, yes. because of the way oh, they do it, oh, yeah. you know, and they're yeah. maybe grabbing the ears at the same. If we never hugged our dogs or mm. waited for our dogs to solicit specifically that behavior, there would be fewer dog bites. You know, we're... Wait a minute. Run that people, by me again. Yeah. Run that by me again. What? Did, what? How? There, were, there would be fewer dog bites if what? If we taught our kids specifically or ourselves uh-huh. to wait until the dog wants whatever behavior it is. So the dog actually comes to us and gets into our chest and says, I want to be hugged. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's different. And some dogs will do that. They want the attention. They love us and love the attention we give them. However, other dogs, many dogs actually just tolerate it or don't like it whatsoever. Yeah, I know. I've and, seen and examples of both of the both of the, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and and actually, the thing about kids, kids are so dog bites most often happen to children, and yeah. and one of the reasons for that is what I just said, yeah. and they most happen to children's faces. So if you think about child going up to a mid-sized or larger dog, they're to hug them, for example, they're going right up to their face. So their face is in the dog's face, so the dog can easily. So for if it's a, an adult who's five feet eleven or some such thing, the dog's biting your leg. If the dog bites, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily biting your face. But the kids, it's so easy to get. They're not looking for the face, but right. that's the closest thing. And dogs will often say, "Don't do that," and we don't pick up on their cues, or we think somehow. We're dominant, and we have the right, right to do that, which is what, what, what would be a cue? What would be a, a cue from a dog that I don't want to be hugged? A dog, I can give you a whole bunch of them. A dog looking away, a dog whose tail 
is is down. A dog whose ears are back. A dog who looks stiff. I have an image on my website because I wrote a story about this. And you see a little girl who I'm sure loves her dog. And the dog yeah. probably loves the little girl. And the dog's eyes are squinting. The face looks mm, like I can barely tolerate it. I mean, really, really stiff. The whole body looks stiff. And the dog is clenching its teeth saying, get this over with already. So that dog is tolerating it. But some dogs just can't take it anymore at some point. And we don't listen to what the dogs are telling us because we may not know. Well, you just did a public service there. Steve Dale's with us. We're going to take a break and do some more about dogs when we come back on 720 WGN. 748 with John Landegger at 720 WGN talking to uh, Steve Dale. And we've got to the point where, uh, you know, at the end of the year, there are so many lists that come out. Uh, Last week... There was a, the word of the year was selected by uh, Merriam-Webster. This week, it was the Oxford Dictionary. Then uh, Google yesterday put out the top Google searches for the past year. So these lists appear. And I see that we have a list of the most popular pet names and breeds. How was, how were, how were, how are the names and breeds, how are these chosen? Well, it's Trepanion, which is a pet insurance company. They're a yep. big one. And what they did is they took a look, a look at all of those animals that are yeah. insured by that company yeah. and said, yeah. okay, what, what are the names of these animals and what breeds are they? So well, you know they what? came I, up. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just going to say that my dog didn't make it. There's no cult oh. on this any of these lists. I mean, we, we, I, I, I have insurance with Trepanion. Where's my cult? I want to know. We need, we need to do a do-over. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, not at all. So do you want to hear yes, what they are? Of course okay, I do. So, and this is historic. So for the first time ever on the history of the planet, the most popular cat name is the same as the most popular dog name. How can that happen? What? So, I know. So how about if I give you... You probably don't want the top 173. No, of course not. No, no. 10 10 would be good. 10 would be good. 10, okay, okay. Uh, So for cat names, number 10 is Willow. Number 9, Lily. Number 8 is Moki. I've never met a cat named Moki, so I don't understand. Number 7 is Charlie. Number 6, Bella. Number five, Leo. Number four, Milo. Number three, Loki. Once oh, yeah. again, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most, you know Loki cats? I don't know any. No, but I know um, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's a, there's a Loki two, in there. Yeah. Oliver. And the most popular cat name ever in America for 2022 is Luna. Luna? Luna. Are you telling me that Luna then is the top dog name? Yeah, I guess I am. Oh, yes. no, wait a minute. Luna? I, it's not my list. You know, I I think there's been some irregular voting going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some hanging paws or something. Yeah, I I don't know. I So number 10 on the dog list cool. is the dog's name that was previously number one, Max. Number nine, Teddy. Number eight, Bailey. Number seven, Cooper. Number six, Lucy. You'd expect all these. Number five, Milo. Number four, Daisy. Number three, Bella. And number two is 
Charlie, or for those who know the dog well, Chuck. Mm-hmm. And number one is Luna. Well, I like the name Luna. And obviously, it's not uh, animal-specific if it's at the top list of both the cat and dog names for the past year, according to Trupanion. Wouldn't it be wild if somebody brought their dog over to a house that had a cat named Luna and they were hanging out and somebody goes, hey, Luna, and both animals respond? I don't know. I, I'm just... Uh, Spitballing here, you can obviously. Well, think. actually, so so I interviewed uh, uh, a gentleman who wrote a book, and he's a uh, God. What's his name? I can't think of his name, but it will come to me. But his dog's name is Rosenberg. <laughs> so I asked him if this ever happened, and then he told me the story. So he's at a dog park, and he's calling his dog Rosenberg, Rosenberg, and the dog's not listening. Finally, this old man gets into his face <laughs> and says, what the hell do you want? <laughs> it was Mr. Rosenberg. It was Mr. Well, yes, it was Mr. Rosenberg. Yeah. 752 yeah. at 720 WGN. John Landecker having a good time here with uh, Steve Dale. I uh, got a text from uh, 630. I got a couple of them. Uh, in Chicago, the top name would be Wrigley. <laughs> mm, yes. That's a yep. good, uh, yeah, yeah. Question for Steve on the air. You mentioned the cat seeking warm. Is that the reason they like to get into such tight, enclosed areas, such as curling up in boxes? Thank you, Sylvia in Batavia. Well, if the box is in a warm place, but also I said they need to feel safe. So if they feel safe curled mm. up in that box, box, yeah, the location of the box may matter. Maybe the box is in a closet or somewhere that's off sort of the beaten track in the house then but you know what Mm. Uh, the the other thing that i know is amazon was really created for cats how so and amazon knows this Uh, you get a delivery if you have a cat you already know what i'm about to say you get a delivery you open up and whatever's inside who the heck cares? Your cat doesn't, but your cat cares about the box. Oh, so leave out okay. the box for your cat. <laughs> and Amazon knows that. So on their website somewhere are, and I wrote about this uh, at one point, are instructions to make for kids to make box castles <sighs> for cats out of Amazon boxes. No kidding. How awesome is that? I think it's brilliant. Totally. I mean, what awareness on their part that their boxes were being used for recreational <laughs> recreational purposes <laughs> after delivery by cats, you know? I mean, yes. that's very cool. Somebody was yeah. on top of that. Wow. So next, You're right. uh, I have, You're right. I have the, the dog breeds and the cat breeds, if you want to hear them. Yeah, we got like about two minutes. Rip them off. Okay, so I'll, just, I'll do the top five for cats. Okay. Uh, five is Siamese, four is Bengal, three Maine Coon, two is the Ragdoll Cat, and number one, beautiful American Shorthair Cats. Yes. Uh, for dogs, oh, number I know five... Go- I know where we're going. Go ahead. What? I know what's going to be number five, one. Uh, you, okay. Number... Mm-hmm. You probably saw the story. Number five is uh, Labradoodles, and they're not even really a breed. It's a mixed breed between... Yeah. 
poodles and labradors, but they call them a breed, so whatever. Number four, French bulldogs. Number three, golden retrievers. Uh-huh. Same thing at number two, golden uh-huh. doodles. There is no uh-huh. breed yet right. called uh-huh. a golden doodle per se. They're uh-huh. golden retrievers and poodles. And uh-huh. number one happens to be the most popular dog in America as well, the labrador retriever. And that's perennially the most popular yep. dog, isn't it? Yeah, for like 26 yeah. or 7 years. Yeah. Well, they're they're great dogs. There's no question about yes. it. I mean, yep. I've I haven't had one as a pet, but I have many friends who've had them and the dogs are friendly and um relaxed and they're a good time. Like you are, Steve. Thanks for being <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> That's the best transition I've ever heard. Steve Dale, everyone. Check out what's the website, where the, uh, the, the blog and all of that. SteveDale.tv. All right. Thanks, Steve. 720 WGN, John Landegger at 736, talking with Steve Dale this hour. So, Steve, let's get to the cats. Can we get to the yes, cats? And we can. can. Where cats sleep and why? Where you know, cats it's sleep an and why? Why? I want to know, where <laughs> well, do they it's, sleep? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. When we started, you're referring to a column that I did that you can find on my website, stevedale.tv. And yes. what, what, why, why I looked at this is because the listener asked me to do so. So uh, cats sleep about 12 hours a day. Uh, some of that sleep is very sound sleeping. Some of it is cat napping. However, older cats sleep up to maybe 18 hours a day. Uh, cats that are ill or recovering from illness will sleep very often as well. So, why do cats choose to sleep where they sleep? Where they sleep? It's not random. So they're looking for a safe place. Cats always want to be safe. That may be up high. If it's a confident cat, that cat is going. And if the space is offered in the first place in the home up high, that cat's going to go up there. Uh, if the cat is less confident, less secure in its environment. It'll choose somewhere in a corner, maybe, or under a bed, or maybe down in a basement where people can't easily find the cat. Uh, It's okay, because the cat's finding a place perceived as safe, but ideally, you want a cat that feels comfortable in his or her own environment. Cats want privacy. So just like when the kids were growing up in your house, perhaps you thought, oh my gosh, I, you know, enough is enough. And, And at some point in time, well, cats are the same. So in especially crazy homes with lots of kids running around or other pets, they might choose a place where it's Mm. quiet. Uh, They want warmth. Cats relish warmth. Their body temperature is actually required. And again, for cats recovering from illness or who may be ill or geriatric cats especially. So for those cats, by the way, you can do your cat a great favor by purchasing a warming pad, not a heating pad. Those can overheat, but something specifically made for cats. It's out there, uh, and it's and it radiates their temperature, and cats love it. It's warm and cushy. Uh, you're, as I said, doing your cat a favor. They Cats choose sunny windows, and they'll follow the sun from one window to another. If you have radiators on top of or next to radiators or under heat vents, it's not an accident that they do this. And cats will sometimes claim a sleeping place as their own, especially in multi-cat homes where cats say, okay, at this time of day, that's where I sleep. But Mm. at that time of day, that's where I sleep. You can sleep there at another time of day, and they kind of work it out for themselves. Well, a lot of those things... uh it would be the same things that humans would be looking for when they wanted to go to sleep, a safe place, 
uh, some privacy and some warmth. Now, claiming the territory, maybe not, but <laughs> you know, those aren't uh, those aren't unusual things for someone to want uh, when they go to sleep. I suppose not, but cats sleep in various places around the home. Well, so why don't yeah. they? Yeah. So why don't they just choose one place and stick to it? Well, I. That's why. And and many cats, by the way, want to sleep with their favored uh, associates. Yes. So that can be a human being. That can be another cat. That could be a dog. Yeah. And that may be on your face. Cats do sleep on our faces. Yes, or, or, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or, or, or our stomachs. Um, and presumably that's because they're getting our breath right there. They're getting the best of us right there if they're sleeping on our face. We don't know why for sure, but that's thought to be the case. Well, that's interesting stuff, Steve Dale, I have to say. Who else would come up with <laughs> what you've just heard? Who well, else you know, would what, tell you where cats sleep and why they sleep there? Steve Dale? Well, that's right. Who else, who else would talk about this? So, so many of us <laughs> hug our dogs. Uh, okay. And we think that yes. our dogs love it. And in some cases, our dogs do love it. But I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, a lot of dogs don't. Uh, and if you look, if you take a picture of a dog being hugged by a child, mm -hmm. it may be that that dog will look relaxed and happy. But my guess is a significant percent of those dogs, you can catch it in an image, look stiff. Their eyes may be half closed. Their ears are back down. They're tolerating it. They really don't like it. <laughs> uh, it's true. Are you talking about tolerating anybody in the family or someone who's like, a, a, you know, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, or a three-year-old? Are we still, or are they uh, tolerating adults who want to hug them, too? So that's a great question, actually. So kids hug differently yeah. than, than adults. And some dogs are less tolerating of kids Oh, yes. because of the way oh, they do it, oh, yeah. you know, and they're yeah. maybe grabbing the ears at the same. If we never hugged our dogs or mm. waited for our dogs to solicit specifically that behavior, there would be fewer dog bites. You know, we're wait a minute. We're Run people, that by me again. Yeah. Run that by me again. What? What? How there, were, there would be fewer dog bites if what? If we taught our kids specifically or ourselves uh -huh. to wait until the dog wants whatever behavior it is so the dog actually comes to us yes. and gets into our chest and okay. says i want to be hugged mm -hmm. all right so that's different and some dogs will do that they want the attention they love us and love the attention we give them however other dogs many dogs actually just tolerate it or yes. don't like it yeah. whatsoever yeah, I know. I've and, seen and examples of both of the both of the, what you're talking either, about. Yeah. yeah, and and actually, the thing about kids, kids are so dog bites most often happen to children, and yeah. and one of the reasons for that is what I just said, yeah. and they most happen to children's faces. So if you think about a child going up to a midsize or larger dog, they're to hug them, for example, they're going right up to their face. So their face is in the dog's face, so the dog can easily, so for if it's a, an adult who's 5 feet 11 or some such thing, the dog's biting your leg if the dog bites. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily biting your face. But the kids, it's so easy 
to get they're not looking for the face but that's the closest thing and dogs will often say don't do that and we don't pick up on their cues or we think somehow we're dominant and we have the right right. to do that which is what what, what would be a cue what would be a a cue from a dog that i don't want to be a dog i can give you a whole bunch of them a dog looking away a dog whose tail is is down a dog whose ears are back a dog who looks stiff I have an image on my website because I wrote a story about this. And you see a little girl who I'm sure loves her dog. And the dog yeah. probably loves the little girl. And the dog's eyes are squinting. The face looks mm, like I can barely tolerate it. I mean, really, really stiff. The whole body looks stiff. And the dog is clenching its teeth saying, get this over with already. So that dog is tolerating it. But yeah. some dogs just can't take it anymore at some point. And we don't listen to what the dogs are telling us because we may not know. Well, you just did a public service there. Steve Dale's with us. We're going to take a break and do some more about dogs when we come back on 720 WGN. 748 with John Landegger at 720 WGN talking to uh, Steve Dale. And we've got to the point where, uh, you know, at the end of the year, there are so many lists that come out. Uh, last week, there was a, the word of the year was selected by uh, Merriam-Webster this week, it was the Oxford Dictionary. Then uh, Google yesterday put out the top Google searches for the past year. So these lists appear. And I see that we have a list of the most popular pet names and breeds. How, was, yes. uh, how, how, were, how were the names and breeds, how were these chosen? Well, it's Trepanion, which is a pet insurance company. They're a yep. big one. And what they did is they took a look. A look at all of those animals that are yeah. insured by that company yeah. and said, yeah. okay, what, what are the names of these animals and what breeds are they? So well, you know they what? came I'm, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say that my dog didn't make it. There's no cult oh. on this, any of these lists. I mean, we, we, I, I, I have insurance with Dupanion. Where's my cult? I want to know. We, we need to do a do-over. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, not at all. So do you want to hear yes, what they are? Yes, of course okay, I do. So, and this is historic. So for the first time ever on the history of the planet, the most popular cat name is the same as the most popular dog name. How can that happen? What? So, I know. So how about if I give you, you probably don't want the top 173. So, no, of course uh, not. No, no. 10, so let me 10 would this. be good. Ten would be good. Ten. Okay, okay. Uh, so for cat names, number ten is Willow. Number nine, Lily. Number eight is Moki. Number I, I've never met a cat named Moki, so I don't understand. Number seven is Charlie. Number six, Bella. Number five, Leo. Number four, Milo. Number three, Loki. Once oh, yeah. again, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most you know Loki cats. I don't know any. No, but I know um, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's a, there's a Loki two, in there. Yeah. Oliver, and the most popular cat name ever in America for 2022 is Luna. Luna? Luna. Are you telling me that Luna, then, is the top dog name? Yeah, I guess I am. Oh, yes. no, wait a minute. Luna? I, it's not my list. You know... I, I think there's been some irregular voting going on here. <laughs> yeah, some hanging paws or something. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I so number ten on the dog list cool. is the dog's name that was previously number one, Max. Number nine, Teddy. Number eight, Bailey. Number seven, Cooper. Number six, Lucy. You'd expect all these. Number five, Milo. Number four, Daisy. Number three, Bella. And number two is Charlie, or for those who know the dog well, Chuck. Mm-hmm. And number one is Luna. Well, I like the name Luna. And obviously, it's not uh, animal-specific if it's at the top list of both the cat and dog names for the past year, according to Trupanion. Wouldn't it be wild if somebody brought their dog over to a house that had a cat named Luna and they were hanging out and somebody goes, Hey, Luna! And both animals respond? I don't know. I, I'm just... Uh, spitballing here you can obviously well actually so so i interviewed uh uh, a gentleman who wrote a book and he's a uh god what's his name i can't think of his name but it will come to me but his dog's name is rosenberg (laughs) so i asked him if this ever happened and then he told me the story so he's at a dog park and he's calling his dog rosenberg rosenberg and the dog's not listening Finally, this old man gets into his face <laughs> and says, what the hell do you want? <laughs> it was Mr. Rosenberg. It was Mr. Well, yes, it was Mr. Rosenberg. Yeah. 750, yeah. 752 at 720 WGN. John Landecker having a good time here with uh, Steve Dale. I uh, got a text from uh, 630. Well, i got a couple of them. Uh, in Chicago, the top name would be Wrigley. <laughs> mm, yes. That's a yep. good uh, Yeah. Yeah. Question for Steve on the air. You mentioned the cat seeking warm. Is that the reason they like to get into such tight enclosed areas such as curling up in boxes? Thank you, Sylvia in Batavia. Well, if the box is in a warm place, but also I said they need to feel safe. So if they feel safe curled mm-hmm. up in that box, box. Yeah. the location of the box may matter. Maybe the box is in a closet or somewhere that's off sort of the beaten track in the house then but you know what Hmm. Uh, the the other thing that i know is amazon was really created for cats how so and amazon knows this Uh, you get a delivery if you have a cat you already know what i'm about to say you get a delivery you open up and whatever's inside who the heck cares? Your cat doesn't, but your cat cares about the box. Uh-huh. So leave out okay. the box for your cat. <laughs> and Amazon knows that. So on their website somewhere are, and I wrote about this uh, at one point, are instructions to make for kids to make box castles for cats out of Amazon boxes. No kidding. How awesome is that? I think it's brilliant. Totally. I mean, what awareness on their part that their boxes were being used for recreational <laughs> recreational purposes <laughs> after delivery by cats, you know? I mean, yes. that's very cool. Somebody was yeah. on top of that. Wow. So next, You're right. uh, I have, You're right. I have the, the dog breeds and the cat breeds, if you want to hear them. Yeah, we got like about two minutes. Rip them off. Okay, so I'll, ju- I'll do the top five for cats. Okay. Uh, five is Siamese, four is Bengal, three Maine Coon, two is the Ragdoll Cat, and number one, beautiful American Shorthair Cats. Uh, yes. For dogs, oh, number I know five... Go- I know where we're going. Go ahead. What? I know what's going to be number five, 
Okay. Number, mm-hmm. you, you probably saw the story. Number five is uh, Labradoodles, and they're not even really a breed. It's a mixed breed between yeah. poodles and Labradors, but they call yeah. them a breed, so whatever. Number yeah. four, French Bulldogs. Number three, Golden Retrievers. Uh-huh. Same thing at number two, Golden uh-huh. Doodles. There is uh-huh. no breed yet. Right. Called uh-huh. it Golden Doodle per se. They're uh-huh. Golden Retrievers and Poodles. And uh-huh. number one, happens to be the most popular dog in america as well the labrador retriever and that's perennially the most popular yep. dog isn't it? yeah for like 26 yeah. or seven years yeah. well they're they're great dogs there's no question about yeah i mean yeah i've i haven't had one as a pet but i have many friends who've had them and the dogs are friendly and um relaxed and they're a good time like you are steve thanks for being <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> That's the best transition I've ever heard. <laughs> Steve Dale, everyone. Check out what's the website, where the, uh, the, the blog and all of that. SteveDale.tv. All right. Thanks, Steve. 748 with John Landegger at 720 WGN talking to uh, Steve Dale. And we've got to the point where, uh, you know, at the end of the year, there are so many lists that come out. Uh, last week, there was a... The word of the year was selected by uh, Merriam-Webster. This week, it was the Oxford Dictionary. Then uh, Google yesterday put out the top Google searches for the past year. So these lists appear. And I see that we have a list of the most popular pet names and breeds. How, was, yes. uh, how, how, were, how were the names and breeds, how were these chosen? Well, it's Trepanion, which is a pet insurance company. They're a yep. big one. And what they did is they took a look, a look at all of those animals that are yeah. insured by that company yeah. and said, yeah. okay, what, what are the names of these animals and what breeds are they? So well, you know they what? came I, up. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just going to say that my dog didn't make it. There's no cult oh. on this, any of these lists. I mean, we, we, I, I, I have insurance with Trepanion. Where's my cult? I want to know. We, we need to do a do-over. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, not at all. So do you want to hear? Yes. They are? Of course okay, I do. So, and this is historic. So for the first time ever on the history of the planet, the most popular cat name is the same as the most popular dog name. How can that happen? What? So, I know. So how about if I give you, you probably don't want the top 173. So, no. Of course not. Uh, no, no. Ten, so let me ten would be good. Ten would be good. Ten. Okay, okay. Uh, so for cat names, number ten is Willow. Number nine, Lily. Number eight is Moki. Number, I, I've never met a cat named Moki, so I don't understand. Number seven is Charlie. Number six, Bella. Number five, Leo. Number four, Milo. Number three, Loki. Once oh, yeah. again, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most, you know Loki cats? I don't know any. No, but I know um, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's a, there's a Loki two, in there. Yeah. Oliver. And the most popular cat name ever in America for 2022 is Luna. Luna? Luna. Are you telling me that Luna then is the top dog name? Yeah, I guess I am. Oh, yes. no, wait a minute. Luna? I, it's not my list. You know, I I think there's been some irregular voting going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some hanging paws or something. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I so number ten on the dog list cool. is the dog's name that was previously number one, Max. Number nine, Teddy. Number eight, Bailey. Number seven, Cooper. Number six, Lucy. You'd expect all these. Number five, Milo. Number four, Daisy. Number three, Bella. And number two is Charlie, or for those who know the dog well, Chuck. Mm -hmm. And number one is Luna. Well, I like the name Luna. And obviously, it's not uh, animal-specific if it's at the top list of both the cat and dog names for the past year, according to Trupanion. Wouldn't it be wild if somebody brought their dog over to a house that had a cat named Luna and they were hanging out and somebody goes, hey, Luna, and both animals respond? I don't know. I, I'm just... Uh, Spitballing here, you can obviously. Well, play. actually, so so I interviewed uh, uh, a gentleman who wrote a book, and he's a uh, God. What's his name? I can't think of his name, but it'll come to me. But his dog's name is Rosenberg. <laughs> so I asked him if this ever happened, and then he told me the story. So he's at a dog park, and he's calling his dog Rosenberg, Rosenberg, and the dog's not listening. Finally, this old man gets into his face <laughs> and says, what the hell do you want? <laughs> it was Mr. Rosenberg. It was Mr. Well, yes, it was Mr. Rosenberg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 752 at 720 WGN. John Landecker having a good time here with uh, Steve Dale. I uh, got a text from uh, 630. Well, I got a couple of them. Uh, in Chicago, the top name would be Wrigley. Hmm. <laughs> yes. That's a yep. good, uh, yeah, yeah. Question for Steve on the air. You mentioned the cat seeking warm. Is that the reason they like to get into such tight enclosed areas such as curling up in boxes? Thank you, Sylvia in Batavia. Well, if the box is in a warm place, but also I said they need to feel safe. So if they feel safe curled mm. up in that box, box. Yeah. the location of the box may matter. Maybe the box is in a closet or somewhere that's off sort of the beaten track in the house then but you know what Mm. Uh, the the other thing that i know is amazon was really created for cats how so and amazon knows this Uh, you get a delivery if you have a cat you already know what i'm about to say you get a delivery you open up and whatever's inside who the heck cares? Your cat doesn't, but your cat cares about the box. Uh-huh. So leave out okay. the box for your cat. <laughs> and Amazon knows that. So on their website somewhere are, and I wrote about this uh, at one point, are instructions to make for kids to make box castles for cats out of Amazon boxes. No kidding. How awesome is that? I think it's brilliant. Totally. I mean, what awareness on their part that their boxes were being used for recreational <laughs> recreational purposes <laughs> after delivery by cats. You know, I mean, yes. that's very cool. Somebody was yeah. on top of that. Wow. So next, You're right. uh, I have You're right. I have the the dog breeds and the cat breeds. If you want to hear them, yeah, we got like about two minutes. Rip them off. Okay, so I'll, just, I'll do the top five for cats. Okay. Uh, five is Siamese, four is Bengal, three Maine Coon, two is the Ragdoll Cat, and number one, beautiful American Shorthair Cats. Yes. Uh, for dogs, oh, number I know five... Go- I know where we're going. Go ahead. What? I know what's going to be number five, one. 
Okay. Number, mm-hmm. you probably saw the story. Number five is uh, Labradoodles, and they're not even really a breed. It's a mixed breed between yeah. poodles and Labradors, but they call yeah. them a breed, so whatever. Number four, French Bulldogs. Number three, Golden Retrievers. Uh-huh. Same thing at number two, Golden uh-huh. Doodles. There is uh-huh. no breed yet right. called uh-huh. a Golden Doodle per se. They're and? Golden Retrievers and Poodles. And mm-hmm. number one, happens to be the most popular dog in America as well, the Labrador Retriever. And that's perennially the most popular yep. dog, isn't it? Yeah, for like 26 yeah. or 7 years. Yeah. Well, they're they're great dogs. There's no question about yes. it. I mean, yeah. I've I haven't had one as a pet, but I have many friends who've had them and the dogs are friendly and um relaxed and they're a good time. Like you are, Steve. Thanks for being <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> That's the best transition I've ever heard. Steve Dale, everyone. Check out what's the website, where the, uh, the, the blog and all of that. SteveDale.tv. All right. Thanks, Steve.